We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire here at Heartsease Family Life Church is to see people grow and develop in their walk with God, for all to enter into His best for their lives. For more information in regards to the church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We pray that you will be blessed. Sunday morning. If you missed last Sunday morning, first and foremost, shame on you. Secondly, why not order the CD and so you can catch up with what's going on in the series. But last week we began a series on purity, a very important subject that unfortunately is not often taught today in church. And I believe that purity and the subject of purity is something that is very near and dear to the heart of God. It's important to Him. I said it's important to Him. And this week we're talking about purity in the sense of that we are not alone. We are not alone. The battles... And the struggles, the onslaught of the enemy that we face in trying to remain pure are across the board. That means not one person in this place is immune to the attack of Satan to try and infiltrate our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our mouths, our total being. In other words, we are not alone. You know, one of Satan's leading tactics is isolation. Think about that for a second. Satan wants to get us to a state of isolation that we begin to think these kind of thoughts. Well, you know what? No one else thinks as I do. No one else has these perverted attacks. No one else dreams this stuff or no one else sees things. And what he does is he isolates us to a place where we begin to think that we're the only ones that suffer with those problems. And therefore, no one else will understand. And if they did perhaps understand, they would certainly look at us a whole lot different. We've got to watch because that's Satan's tactic to isolate us, to draw us out of the pack where there's safety in numbers. And if he can begin to get you and I to believe that we're alone, especially in subjects such as purity, then he's almost defeated our lives. I said almost because he hasn't defeated us. I said he hasn't defeated us because the word of God says greater is he. That is within us than he that is in the world. We may be knocked down, the word of God says, but we're certainly not knocked out. And we've got to believe that. So we've got to realize that today we're not in this alone. Today you are not alone. And if people tell you that you are, they're just lying. They're just living in total denial. Do I hear an amen? They're just living in total denial. Because whether we choose it or, or not, or whether we choose to admit it or not, we all fall victim to impure thoughts, 
impure actions and impure words. And the list goes on. Every one of us in here struggles in the area of purity. It's hard to stay clean, isn't it, sometimes in such a dirty world? I remember when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet and he was going around each one of them and Peter said, you're never going to wash my feet. And Jesus said to him, hey, listen, if you don't let me wash your feet, he says, you're not going to be a part of me. And Peter said these words, don't stop at my feet, wash every part of me. And what an incredible image of salvation. Jesus said he has already been bathed and already been purified, has no need to continually be washed. But he said it's his feet. It's our feet that so often, it's not the fact that we're not saved, perhaps. It's not the fact that we don't love God. But how many knows we can be saved and love God and have some dirty feet? And it's time that we realize that God wants to purify our lives. We need to identify those areas. We need to realize that God wants to do something in our lives. We're going to do something in here today. Is that okay? I need some help in here. Can I have some help? Lonnie, would you come and help me today? I need Lonnie to come and help me. Let's see who else I can get to help me. A young lady. Let's see who else we can pick. Come on, we're scaring around everywhere. Let's see. Maddie, why don't you come over here and help Lonnie? You're pretty competitive. I love that. Trey, I don't know why you're laughing. You're over this side, over here. Come on, Maddie, come over here with Lonnie. Over this side. And let's see who else we can have. Sarah, you are pretty aggressive. I love it. Come on, Sarah. I love it. If you haven't met Sarah, then watch out. You better be her friend or she's a dangerous woman. No money plan. We're going to do something today. As you see standing beside you all there, there's a stack of newspapers. If you would grab those newspapers, what I want you to start doing is I want you to grab the newspapers and I want you to begin to ball them up because we're going to have an indoor snowball fight. Okay, we don't have the luxuries in Louisiana until this year. We had snow, I think, three times this year and we were able to. But until that, all we could hope for. Come on, there you go. Begin to work on it. Begin to work on it. We're going to have a snowball fight. We're going to have them go up against each other. And this is going to be aggression in church. It's going to be really incredible. But listen, while they are preparing, let me say a few words. Every one of us falls short in a certain capacity. In the realm of purity. And as a result, if we fall short in certain areas, we've got to realize there are consequences that we can carry as a result in our lives. We like to turn around and say, well, I've given my life to Christ and that's all that matters. I'm free. I'm set free. Yes, spiritually you are. But there's some other struggles and there's some other issues. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? That we carry the scars and we carry the consequence of. That's why last week we talked about our four entrance ways that we have that we need to protect in our lives. And that is this. We need to protect our minds. We need to protect our eyes. We need to protect our ears. And we need to protect our mouths. And that's what we talked about. So we're ready to go. Are you ready? Grab that paper and stand across. What we're going to do is when I shout three, two, one, go, you are going to throw as much as you can at each other. And if you get hit by a piece of paper, you are out. You are out. Already all this side, from this side over, 
this is your team. Okay? So that means that you're going to support your team. Come on, practice. What are you going to do? Come on. Oh, oh. All right, this side over, this is your team, and I am sorry. I'm sorry for your team. I'm only playing. Okay, so this is your team. So you ready? You're going to support your team? Woo! Okay, are you ready? Are you ready? Sarah is ready. Now listen, I will say this. You cannot cross the middle, so we don't want no tackling and no wrestling and nothing, okay? But when we're going to count down, we want you to start throwing as hard as you can and as fast as you can. Are you ready? Are you going to count down with us? Three. Trey, you're not hiding behind the woman, are you? Did everyone see that? Trey was ducking down behind Sarah there. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go. Come on, cheer up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, move up. Come on, it's a standoff. Come on. Hey, 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 hey. Come on, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going. Let's count down. Are you ready? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Come here, all of you. You did a great job. Great job. What time are you opening the church for them to clean up tomorrow, Mr. Haas? You know what's amazing, though? Line up, if you would. And I want you to do this to everyone. Hold your hands up. I wonder what happened to their hands. Huh? What happened to their hands? At the time that all they were thinking about was the competition of balling up the paper and throwing it and trying to knock someone out and make them bleed. No, they weren't thinking that. But at the time where all they were thinking about was just having a good time and having a lot of fun. It's amazing how quickly their hands got dirty, isn't it? We talked last week about the four entrance ways. We talked about our minds. Here, Lon, if you want to pass that. No. We talked about our eyes. We talked about our ears. We talked about our mouths. But you know there's something else that so often fuels all of those things, and it's our hands. Maybe there's a fifth entrance part, and that's what we tend to do. I mean, look how dirty their hands are. Look at that. Look how dirty. But you know what? They were having fun. Every one of us was having fun. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. It's amazing those things that so often we categorize as just fun, as just harmless, as just no big deal, can do what? Can make us so dirty and can make us so impure. Thank you. You can sit down this morning. I want you to think about that. You know, today I would love to tell every one of you as a pastor that God supernaturally shields your eyes. I would love as a pastor to be able to tell you that supernaturally God shields your body and your mind and that all sinful thoughts and all memories, just every attack and every onslaught would absolutely completely disappear. I would love to be able to tell you today that every temptation to glance at the wrong thing will fade completely away, and that today every one of us will fully take on the mind of Christ. But it doesn't work like that. You and I have to work on it. But the blessing is this. We don't have to work on it alone. We have a God that's in our corner. 
We have a God that has already had clean hands. He didn't have to wash his hands. He maintained clean hands. We have a God that saw victory through every attack of temptation. The Bible says he was faced with every temptation, yet without sin. He didn't fall victim to those things. So you and I, as much as spiritually we'd love to name it and claim it, as much as the holiness we'd love to say that we all possess, the reality is this, there's struggles, there's temptations, there's memories, there's times of weakness, there's times of failures in our life. It's every man's struggle. And when I say man, I also include women also. Perhaps slightly different temptations, but the end results or the motive behind each attack is all the same. And that is that our lives will be presented unholy, unapproved, not sufficient to make it with Christ. Satan wants to destroy our lives. The smallest, slightest curiosity can develop and grow into a monster. Last week we used this scripture from James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and I want to use it again in verse 14 and 15. James 1 verse 14 and 15 says these words, But each one, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and he is enticed. The footnotes of my Bible says this, When inner desire responds to outward enticement, sin is spawned. Let me say that one more time. When inner desire responds to outer enticement, sin is spawned. Each one of us is tempted when we are drawn away. Verse 15, then when that desire has conceived. You see, there is something about the desire that Satan has for every one of you. Those impure thoughts, those impure things, since we're talking about purity, there are other things. But it's something about those desires that when conceived in our life, they do something. The thought is this, that when they, that those desires, they're like a, like a hook. They're like a hook, but there's something connected to the hook, and that is a line. And at the end of the line, there's a reel. And what wants to happen is these thoughts and these desires that may at first be so harmless. As we begin to think on those, dwell on those, as they begin to get rooted and as the Bible says, they begin to get conceived inside of us. You know what happens? All of a sudden the reel begins to turn, the line gets a little bit tighter and Satan begins to reel us in with our desires. Did you notice that? It's not his desires, it's our desires, the enticement of ourselves that Satan begins to reel us in. And if you're a fisherman, you will know this, that oftentimes the more the fish struggles, the more the hook gets set. And you know what happens? You say, I can break free at any time. But you know what? When you try to break free, as we talked last week, there's only two masters in this world and you're not one of them. It's either God or it's the powers of Satan. So when you try to shake free, all you are doing is setting that hook deeper and deeper and deeper and becoming more and more entangled. 
Because when that desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Verse 16, do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. Can you see in parentheses after being deceived? Don't be deceived. Even though you're sitting in church, even though you've paid your tithes, even though you love God, don't be deceived. Why? Because we all can fall victim to this attack. Do not be deceived. Just a simple thought can open the highway of sin's snare. Anyone here know what I'm talking about? I'll take some of your silences as a yes today. I didn't expect a big yes, amen. Preach it, brother, on that one. Because you know what? It's hard to admit the fact that we struggle in the realm of purity. What will others think? (gasps) Come on, we've all been there. (gasps) What will others think if I say I struggle? I'll tell you what they think. They think exactly the same way as you do. And they're thinking the same thing as you. Why? Because we're not in this alone. And thank God, he certainly has not left us in this alone. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's in it. Corinthians tells us he's our way of escape. When the temptation comes, he's the way of escape. Why? Because he's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Temptation, impurity, enticement, lure, appeal. They all know your name. They scream it out. They try to appeal to your inner desires. What may be a temptation to me may not be a temptation to you, but there's temptations that we all have, and Satan knows our number. They tell us that the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. I wonder sometimes if we build up such strength in so many areas, but yet areas such as purity or things like that, because people don't know that. It's kind of hidden, you know. As long as I come and do the right things, then no one will know. I wonder if perhaps we focus in areas which are just as important, but yet we focus so much that we fail to really make sure that everything's where it needs to be. Because you can have the biggest, strongest, baddest links. But all it takes is one that's slightly cracked. Or one that's failing. And that chain, no matter how big and strong, come on, it's going to collapse. It's going to collapse. That's why we need to know Jesus. That's why we need to know Him. And I'm not just talking about believing. Our church is full of believers. I'm talking about people who know God in an intimate way. They tell us that 94% of Americans today believe in some shape or form of God. 94%, but I'm telling you right now, 94% don't know God. What are you telling us, Pastor? I'm telling you that believing in something and having knowledge of something is two completely separate, different things. You know, so often we go on the belief part and we've got to have belief. That's faith. But you know what? There's more than that. It's knowing God in an intimate way. And so many times we don't know God because if we did know God, we wouldn't do the things that we do. 
We wouldn't label them off and push them aside and say, oh, that's okay. God loves me anyway. He sure does love you anyway, but he doesn't love the sin. He doesn't love the things that you do. You need to know him. You need to know him. Turn with me, if you were, to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. Ephesians 5, verse 1 through 3. It says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Verse 3 says these words, But fornication and all all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named amongst you, as is fitting for saints. Let it not even be named as something that you and I would even choose to desire. Or to be a part of in our lives. Why? Because it's not fitting. That's what the Bible says. Those things are not fitting for those who call themselves saints. Look at the word there, fornicator. The fornication, the word means it encompasses all acts of sexual immorality. So when it talks about fornication in the Word of God, it encompasses all acts of sexual immorality. That means that sex before marriage and all those things, that's a fornication. That's not right. All these things that encompasses acts of sexual immoralities. Covetousness identifies the insatisfaction of human carnality. What does that mean? That our flesh can never have enough. Our flesh will always desire more. I said our flesh will always desire more. There's never a satisfaction. Oh, if I could only get that, then I'd be happy. It's amazing how quickly if we only could get something else and if we could only get this and only get that. It's the foolishness of mankind. The Bible says those things, sexual immorality, the insatisfaction of our lives, don't let it even be a part of you. Don't fall victim to even its intrigue or its appeal or what it may look at as. One translation says it this way, but amongst you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Not even a hint. I didn't say a teaspoon. I didn't even say a tablespoon. I didn't even say a pinch. I said just a hint. How much is a hint? It's not much. Here's a bottle of water with just a hint of lemon. It's not a whole lot of lemon when you look at the amount of water. A hint of something is the smallest amount. But you know what? The smallest of amount changes the whole flavor of that which it is placed inside. Not even a hint of sexual immorality. Verse 4, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting. They are not fit for us as children of God. It's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. If you've ever tried to put a square peg in the round hole, it is possible. 
And don't be smart with me. Yeah, just put a smaller peg in and it goes. That's not what I'm talking about. I know some of you are thinking, yeah, just get a small one and it goes right through. I'm taking apples for apples and oranges for oranges. If you're taking a round hole and trying to put a square peg through it, there is a way that you can force it through. But you compromise the square peg. You have to shave off some corners. You have to lose some parts. There has to be a compromise that takes place in order for it to be forced through. Oh, you can live with these things. You can force them through your lives. But I'm telling you right now, you're compromising some things that God doesn't want you to live without. You're forfeiting some blessings and some things that God says they're available to you. Verse 5. For this you know that no fornicator, no unclean person, no, nor, nor covetous man who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of our God. No place. No place. When I read scriptures like that, I have to sit back and ask myself, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is a moment of pleasure perhaps worth an eternity of remorse? Because that's what the Word of God tells us. That a result of living according to those things and choosing those things over God's Word and what He commands us to do, the Bible says there is no inheritance for us in His kingdom. Look what verse 8 says of that same passage of Scripture. It says, For you were once in darkness, or you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Once you had an excuse, you didn't really care. You lived for yourself. Well, not really yourself. You lived for Satan. But now you live for the light. Now you have the light of God living inside of you. You realize or need to realize the effects of darkness. And now you need to walk as children of light. That scripture goes on to talk about walking in light. It talks about walking in wisdom. It talks about the relationship of a husband and wife. It talks about love and it talks about respect. Ephesians 5. If you would read it through. But not even a hint. Perhaps today, if any part of this message I want you to grab a hold of today is this. Not a hint. Not even a hint. Oh, but pastor, I'm just window shopping. I don't intend to buy. Not a hint. Not a hint. Today, how's your thought life? Come on, how's your thought life? Are you thinking a lot? Are you thinking a lot about the wrong things? Do you ever catch your mind wandering? And wandering with an A and wandering with an O. Think about that. What do you mean with an O? Wandering as, wow, I wonder what that would be like. 
but also wandering with an A, that it's jetting off in different places. I looked up the word wandering in the dictionary, and it says that going in places without a specific purpose. Ever find your mind questioning and going places? Come on! That has no business to be. Do you allow impurity to begin to filter its way in? Hello? I didn't expect a great result on that one too, so I'll take your silence once again as a yes. You and I may be silent today, but we must respond. The gospel message, whenever it's preached and whenever it is presented, requires a response. Today, you better respond to the message The gospel message in your heart. No one wants to admit that we have impure thoughts, but we do. Do you find yourself engaged in the wrong conversations? Huh. Sometimes we get so bent out of shape that people would dare talk about things like that in front of us. You know, when I look at from the other side and I think, Hmm, I wonder why they feel comfortable talking about such things in front of your presence. Have you thought about that? I'm horrified and there's just going to be people who just talk trashy all the time, no matter who it is. But you know what? Some people talk trash to you because they know that you'll take their trash. I can see some of you pulling your toes in a little bit and putting your feet under the chairs because we're stamping all over you today. We're going to start selling steel-toed boots at the front of the church. Go towards the youth fund. There you go. They'll pay for camp for the next 10 years in one week. But what kind of conversations do you enter into? It's amazing, isn't it, when the Bible says that we're going to give account for every word that we speak, even the idle words. It's pretty scary. Pretty soul-searching stuff today. Are you laughing at those sexual jokes in the break room? Maybe you're cracking the jokes. Are you honoring God by reading those articles in those magazines? It's pretty old school when I say magazines today on the internet. There you go. 20 ways to drive your man crazy in bed. Some of you didn't catch that, thank God. Can't believe he's saying this today. Come on, it's about time someone tells you the truth. I said it's about time someone tells us the truth. It's about time someone causes us to begin to examine and look at these things and say it's just harmless fun. But may I turn you back to our snowball fight? Sure gets you dirty real quick. I said it sure gets you dirty real quick. It's time to stop being so religious. It's time to just be transparent and real and say, you know what? There's things that I suffer with. There's things that I know I'm doing that are not right. God, give me the help. God, give me the wisdom. God, give me the strength and the desire to make them right. 
Because these things, the Bible says, not even a hint should even belong inside of us. Are you the one who's dropping the sexual innuendos? The thoughts, the mouth, the things that we have. Wow, Pastor P, look at the time. It's time we were all gone. I know what you're thinking. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> this would be a good time to close and end. We've had enough today. I want you to know something today, and that is this. I want you to always remember this. I reverence this pulpit. I protect this pulpit. I don't let just anyone come behind this pulpit. I reverence this pulpit with the most highest, utmost respect and honor. And that's why today I'm teaching you such biblical issues and truths as this. Why? Because... It's time it's said. We can't live like hell and expect, and expect the rewards of heaven. It just does not happen like that. It doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen. It's time to be pure. It's time to stop playing our little rationalization games. Because we can if we want to. We can continue to justify our sin. We can justify our lives and say, at least I'm better than that person. But the rationalization, the justification, just the little bit, is it really helping anything? Or is it perhaps just delaying the inevitable? Is it just setting the hook that Satan can really lock you in? It's time that we ask God to make us strong in our areas of vulnerability and weakness. It's time that we ask God and seek God to give us wisdom how to handle our lives. None of us have arrived. I said, none of us have arrived, but we need to make sure that we're arriving. Paul said, I haven't made it yet. I haven't grabbed a hold of it. But this one thing I do, he said, I let go of the past that can be an anchor that can hold me back. I release those things and I press forward. I strive forward towards the mark, towards the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Come on, the past can be gone. The past can be released today as we go forward. We can't change the past, but the past held on to will infiltrate, will rob and destroy our pure future. I believe there are principles in God's word that are going to help us deal with impurity. In other words, what I mean is with God's word applied, it works. They may not be easy to live by, but they are completely effective when we choose to live by them. Next week, we're going to look at those. You may say, well, pastor, you're leaving me hanging. You're leaving me impure for the week. What am I going to do? How can I make it? That doesn't mean you have to leave here today without the answer. The answer is plain and simply two words. Are you ready? Two words. The cross. The cross. The two words of your freedom today. When Jesus hung upon the cross and he screamed out these words, it is finished. You know what he was saying? Impurity in your life can be defeated. 
Come on, the sin of thought, the sin of doubt, the sin of question, all those things that we have in our lives. Jesus said, I'm giving you the power and the ability that you can have the victory in those. He didn't say that today you'll have the victory and you'll never suffer anymore. There's going to be struggles every day throughout our lives. But every time those things come, Jesus says, you can have the victory. You've got the victory. He doesn't say you've got it. He says, walk in the victory. Live in the victory. The cross, which is the single most significant act of love that the world has ever witnessed or ever will encounter. And as a result, because of his act of love, we can experience love and forgiveness today. Through accepting him and saying, God, I need your help. You know, as I said earlier, I'm sure that most, and I pray all in here, know Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you know what? I know all or most, if not perhaps all, would say today, Pastor, I need Jesus once again to wash my feet. Thank you for his acceptance. But you know what? I need to know him in a greater way today. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. We don't preach condemnation in here. We don't want you to make you feel so awful that there's no hope. We want you to feel awful, but we want you to know that the hope is in God. You don't leave here with no hope. You can leave here with hope. And hope is two words to Jesus Christ. The answer for your lives. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are condemned, if you feel condemned today, it's because your hope, your life, your trust, your faith is not in Jesus. Because in him there is no condemnation. Who now don't walk according to the flesh. The lusts of the flesh. But they walk according to the Spirit. Today maybe you're not... Very ashamed of your life. Today, maybe you look and say, Oh, Pastor, you hit me today. You got me, not just once. I, I feel like I've been in a ring with a heavyweight fighter for 12 rounds. And I don't know how I've kept getting up, but I've kept getting up and you've knocked me down again. But you know what? The bell can ring. The bell can ring today and your hand can be held up in the air as the champion. Because those impure thoughts, those impure attacks want to put you down. But God says you're a champion. There's a liberty and there's a freedom in Christ. For all have sinned. That translation there really is not a good one. For all have sinned and fallen short, because it's not just a case of fallen short. I mean, we are miles away. Come on now. Fallen short is not just like fallen over the edge. I mean, we're so far away that just to hope to grab the edge would just be incredible. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the gift. But the gift of God. Thank God for his mercy and his forgiveness. Thank God that he's a God of another chance. Not a second chance. We blew that a whole long time ago. He's the God of another chance. Another chance. Another chance. 
Would you stand with me this morning? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.